theoretically possible. Why waste time? It doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston press to ATO. There you go, has landed. The DJ Button has arrived. DJ Button, how are you? What's up? <laughs> we, got, we got Quinn in the building. Jonathan's here. And today we're talking a little bit about NFTs. We're talking a little bit about music, DJing, and all coming together, which I'm very excited about. I'm very fascinated by. And I think it's very insightful when looking at this digital ownership of assets blended into physical experiences and i think this this is the direction i'm seeing uh the future of ownership of digital items going is merging with the physical world yeah i could not agree with you more we've actually had several episodes um you know of where we talk about some of our own experiences that we've had recently where this kind of really came to light for us. Mm -hmm. Um, So I highly recommend you check those out. You know, there's one about NFT scavenger hunt. There's a whole bunch of different ones. Just look up NFT. and, And, you know, I think one of the... Right now we're in this phase of the market, right? NFTs towards the beginning of the year were just like all the craze, all the rave. You know, like mm-hmm. it was talked about. I was on a Saturday Night Live. Like Sometimes it was, it was a bit ridiculous. It was kind honestly. of like, okay, can I? Can we just? The hype needs to calm down, yeah. you know. And so now we're in this phase where the hype has calmed down, which is kind of nice. And so yeah. we're in this different calm waters. Yeah, we're in calmer waters where we can see, you know, some of the hype has shaken out, right? Yeah. Some some NFTs, some artists who came in to just grab the bag came and left. They're yeah. gone, right? And people and, aren't running towards it with the fear of missing out. Right, exactly. There's no FOMO right now. There are people who are just kind of like, huh, the market is, huh, right now. And so to me, this is a very interesting time to really talk about NFTs and maybe what the future of it will look like. And we have definitely obviously been very much involved in this. And one of the artists, musicians that we've talked about a couple of times um, on this podcast in in conjunction with NFTs is Steve Aoki. Yes. Steve Aoki, the DJ. Maybe um, maybe our favorite DJ. Yeah, one of definitely one of our favorite DJs. He's I, one of the few we've seen in live. Yeah, live in Nicaragua at On private, private Beach. Beach. Holler. Check out that episode if you haven't already. Legit. That was a really fun story. One of the yeah, one of the best stories that came out um, during that year in Nicaragua. But you know, he he's really kind of embraced. He's, he's very much always been into art and music, I think. Yeah. And especially um, like modern art, modern art kind of, you know, anime also, there's yeah. been a lot of different aesthetics that he's kind of gone street through street art, street art. Exactly. And so when he came into the NFT space, we were really excited to see what he was going to do. And mm-hmm. he's, he came out with a really great drop, a couple of great drops and then not such a good drop. And we were like, Steve, what are you doing here? What is going on? <laughs> Why don't I hope- you explain that a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So he did. He did his first couple of drops were actually really interesting. The the art, the the music he produced for those specific pieces of art was a video that was done by a really interesting artist too. That was just, I don't know, it just hit the mark. A digital artist that made almost like three D cartoon like pieces, yeah, um, videos, and he would do the music. Steve Aoki would do the music. And they were visually stimulating. 
They were. To say the least. The music went like perfectly with this this art, which mm-hmm. I mean, down to the details of the hair of the cartoon. It was oh. just all so well done at the highest advanced, level. Very. Super advanced. And so when you're looking, we when we were looking at them all, we were like, man, these are all very, very interesting, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so it's in conjunction with Steve Aoki's produced piece for those specific art pieces that was, you know, really compelling to us in terms of what kind of a drop. And everyone, I think in terms of when it happened and how it was done, it was done really right. Right. And so this was on Nifty Gateway. This was on Nifty Gateway. And it was, and so the way that Nifty Gateway does it is they say today the drop is, and they, they sometimes do multiple artists, but on that day it was Steve Aoki and it was a Saturday. I'll, I'll never forget it. And they did it in multiple formats on the same day. First one was a no brainer. It was a drawing. Anyone who's online at that time, you just click it and say, enter drawing. And if you win it, I think maybe you paid a dollar, but you get a dollar piece that there's limited of them and the price of them. <laughs> no one's selling an NFT for a dollar. I think the lowest on Nifty Gateway is like a hundred bucks. If you yeah. get something under a hundred bucks, congratulations, Definitely. because I, it, it's rare. So that is the first way that he got people pulled into it. Then he had an auction. He had an auction for a one of one piece, which I believe it was him. And it looked like it was like a blue monster alien rocking out. And the hair was like a fuzzy, furry alien looking guy. And the hair movement is just incredible. Shout out to that artist's ability to make hair look so real. I mean, when Monsters, Inc., the first one came out, that was the big contribution was the hair on uh, the big blue monster. Yeah. And this is kind of emphasizing that, but also mashing it with like a human aspect of yeah. it. And it, almost like a filter. And that one ended up selling, I think it went for, if it didn't go for a million, it was very close to a million, to the current CEO of T-Mobile and who is a friend of Steve Aoki's. So just letting everyone know, but mm-hmm. it did go for, I think it was either 800,000 to a million, somewhere around that range. And then there was open editions and they had two open editions. They were expensive. Now that I'm thinking about it. one was $2,500 and one was $5,000. And they basically open editions means for 15 minutes, whoever wants to buy it can buy it. And once the 15 minutes are over, that's how many are created. Mm -hmm. And at that point, they will never make more of them. And that was interesting. A lot of people went into that. Um, Yeah, it got a lot of attention online for sure. And then the last format was a, how do you want to call it? It's it's more like a drawing. Um, There were only maybe like a hundred of these different types of them. So let's say there's like eight of them. Maybe the first two you would have a you know, 5% chance of getting these ones. So there's only maybe you know two or three of them. And then it, there would be some that there were 50 of, and there would be some that there were 60 of, and then there'd be some that there are 20 of. And you're entering the same drawing. You don't know which one you're going to get. And I think to enter the drawing was like, what, a thousand or something yeah. like that? Maybe even more. Uh, I think it was 2000 2000 to enter the drawing. If you don't win anything, you don't pay anything. But right. if, you, if you win one, you're agreeing that you'll pay $2,000 to get whatever you get. Yeah. And they, that was probably one of the most successful drops that I've ever seen on Nifty Gateway. Me too. And Steve Aoki did it right. The hype was built up. The pieces were beautiful. 
he sold so many open editions, perhaps too many. Yeah. Where all of a sudden the prices just drop because there's so many available and so many people are willing to sell theirs because what's the incentive of keeping it? That was the question, right? That and was the question. It was the question and that we were really excited to see how that was going to evolve. Now, I do think one of the other things that he did was he definitely utilized all of the various different ways that he could have sold NFTs that mm-hmm. Nifty Gateway at the time was providing so he really made it accessible he made it accessible up to a point obviously if you wanted if you could spend a dollar you'd go into the normal drawing that's it accessible to every single person it was accessible to every single person who wanted it whether you were a whale or completely you know just newbie starting from scratch right you didn't have to own an nft in order to participate you didn't there wasn't any requirement it was just you were there you had to have an account you had to have an account so so really interesting. And so then after that, you know, John and I were really excited to see how he was going to evolve this. Now, this is where, you know, we were also talking about Topshop at the time. We were like, okay, well, for sure there'll be incentivizations. For sure he'll have probably maybe another drop. Maybe he'll be doing some burns with um, with NFTs where um, because there were so many open editions, for example, on some of his pieces. Like say there were, I don't know what the exact number was, but say there were like 200 of them. Well, yeah. he probably wanted to make it more rare. So he would incentivize people to burn some of those open editions. So then it would go from 200 to maybe 100. Right. right. And I was worried because I was seeing all of his pricings just going down and i was like no you never want to see an artist that you really love create some art and then he puts it out there and then the value of the art decreases as time goes on yeah that's not what you want it's to see. not what you want but it's kind of the risk that happens with the open editions especially when it's overhyped right, right. if too many people say yeah this is worth me throwing down a thousand or two thousand mm-hmm. dollars into it now you've got a collection of, you know, an, you have 500 of those NFTs. Jeez. Yeah, of course the market is going yep. to, you know. Oversaturated. Yeah, it's going to be oversaturated. So Supply demand model. It's supply and demand. It's pretty but he, simple. But he did it right. And he did. And with those open editions, he created a drawing where, or no, no, not drawing, a burn basically, where if you got, I think it was like five of these open editions, so you would have to buy them off the Secondary market, marketplace. Secondary market, exactly. If you got five of them, you could send them to this wallet where essentially they get burned forever. They will never come back to planet Earth Mm -hmm. in the digital world or the physical world. And they are gone. But in exchange, you will receive a very rare uh, non-fungible token done by Steve Aoki and the same artist. And it was kind of cool because all of a sudden you look at the market for those open editions, the... Everyone's trying to acquire them to get more of them, to burn them, to get a more rare piece. So it made the price increase. And then as soon as those uh, pieces were burned, everyone's piece that they didn't burn went up a little bit in value because there weren't as many available as there once were. Exactly. And so that was a sign of glimmering hope that Steve Aoki, you know what you're doing as an artist to ensure the long-term value of your non-fungible token art pieces. Yes, he did great. He came out on fire. Um, However, but then, (laughs) so so then there was another collection that he he put together and it was a totally, totally different artist. Okay, this went in a, like there was no cohesion with the collections (laughs) in any way, shape or form. Obviously, besides the fact that he produced all the music with, 
each collection of mm-hmm. NFTs. Mm-hmm. His first one, very different, obviously like Pixar level animation in the digital space, which I liked it. Native native digital art is very much honored I think in this space you know Mm -hmm. it's like really how far can you take the digital art right Right. now it's cool this other one was a little bit more like 2d cartoonish like this is very (laughs) this was very much a different aesthetic it was very much anime it was a lot of people like it a lot of people like it and I'm not saying that like basically the aesthetics the aesthetics were very different I'm not saying one is better than the other but I'm just describing the two the differences right because I do think that there was a lot of merit in wanting to like capture that market with anime and NFTs. I thought that I actually thought that was a great idea, but we would go on to see other digital native artists actually embrace that aesthetic of anime in a, I think a better, more complicated, mm. more interesting way. Well, um, it's than still yet to be determined too, because they launched that. And I believe that there is discussion of them potentially creating some form of a, digital comic book that may become an nft so there's a story aligned with the pieces that you could collect from this collection yeah but it really didn't look like a lot of time was put into it yeah for example they had multiple pieces that were very similar from one to the other the only difference was this one's in color this one's one's in black and white yeah so it's it to me it was like you're just making more of the same thing. Like, you know, like I, I was not impressed with it. It wasn't visually stimulating. I think we can agree on the that. The music was okay. The music was okay. It yeah, was, it it, there like, was nothing that was super compelling. And the price was relatively high. I would say, com- like, first of all, compared to his first drop. Now, the first drop, there were some expensive pieces in there. But like we said, it was very accessible. This one was relatively accessible, but on the higher end. And it was like, for what? Yeah. You know, for what? Am and I there's paying no more? There's no bridge between the first none. drop and the second. None. What we've seen with some of these artists is they will do some drawing in the second drop that you can only enter if you own a piece from the first drop. Yeah. So any way that you can do that, it builds a stronger community in it. And it makes you think, oh, I better get this piece because when he does his third drop, it could be something. But when we saw that disconnect, it was like, dude what are you doing and so we watched it live when it happened and it was disappointing i have to say i mean we're being honest with our friend steve aoki it was disappointing we saw a a drawing for i think it was 300 pieces and you'd get a different one based on how many of each one was produced and it didn't even get 300 people entering the drawing yeah which actually taught us a huge lesson in how the blockchain technology works because when you're getting less than 300 i think in that one there was there ended up not being a number one yeah because if there's if if there's fewer it's a randomized number that gets that's given to you uh it let's keep it to the 300 so be randomized number between 300 like you're just picking a number out of a hat yeah and if they only got i'm making up numbers now for easy sake but let's say they only got 150 people who entered it, it's not going to give you numbers 1 through 150. It's going to give you a 300. It's going to give you a 290, whatever you pull out of the hat. And in the, in a few of the situations, number one wasn't chosen. And number one is always going to be worth more than 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, yeah. et cetera. And so in this situation, it was way disappointing for, for, for us. And I think 
even though maybe his Twitter would say, what a great success. Mm-hmm. I think he was pretty disappointed too. Yeah, his open editions didn't perform, nothing performed the way that I think he had hoped. And, I, and to be honest, I think it, it did teach us a lot, like you said, a lot this drop did because not only in the way that you said, but I, I think that also in terms of timing, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, what are you really trying to do? Are you, what are you doing here? Are what's you, the bigger are you, vision? Yeah, what's the bigger vision? Because if you want, if you really want this to be big, it's got to have community behind it. And right, right now you just completely lost your community. Like you just yes. went after another type of, and, and we were all on board the first one. And now mm-hmm. like there's a total disconnect between the two. And it was obvious in the numbers that you could see. And so for us, we were like, man, you know what? I do think that Steve could still do something. We believe in Steve. We believe in Steve. <laughs> Come on, Steve Aoki. And so I think that he did, he did take away, I think he probably listened to some bad advice, honestly, yeah. of saying, hey, just At keep the, the hype going, keep it going, keep right. it going. And it's like, no, sometimes it's better to just stop and yeah. really think about what are you trying to do? The strategy is for the long term. Mm-hmm. And it was so obvious at that point which artists were here for the long term and which ones were there for the short term. Yep. Halsley, for example, gone. Grab the bag, gone. <laughs> That's a, mus- a singer? She's is a singer. Right? Yeah, she's a singer. She, I love her music. I think she's great. But she did not understand what she was getting herself into, Mm -hmm. right? That was like, it wasn't a commitment to the the community. It was just, boom, thank you very much. And other people did it too. It's not just her, but she just comes to mind because her collection was completely off the mark. No one understood (laughs) what the heck was going on, but she had a name and a platform in which, you know, her her fans went there and, and, and bought it because they like her. But it's not enough to just bring your fan community. You have to like actually really plug into the community who is in this this technology space right? So and, and bridge that for both your fans and that community together yeah. so for them the, to be invested. So as much of a learning lesson it was for us as to how the non-fungible token system works as well as how important it is for a community to be intertwined yes. with it um, to, to the artist. I think Steve Aoki got a huge lesson and I don't know what happened behind the doors or how it came to be, but his team and him did exactly what I would say they should have done to repair their mistake. And I think moving forward, they're going to continue to do so. But this is what this episode is all about, is his moves to really bring long-term value to his fans, his supporters, through creating new non-fungible token pieces. And the first thing he did was he set up a Discord. And what is Discord, honey? You're the Discord queen. <laughs> I love Discord. Discord is uh, it's a platform. It's a, I guess it's, it's a community-based platform. It w- would say it would be categorized as social media for sure, but it's um, you know, <laughs> That's it's interesting. Yeah. It started off as more of like, you know, a gaming server platform where you would just kind of like share each other, you know, just build a community around games. And then it became definitely a place where um, communities were built around cryptocurrencies, NFT platforms. I mean, NBA Topshop is, is, is a huge one on there, too. And so it's it's very techie. There are servers and whatnot. It kind of gets confusing with some people. But it's really at the end of the day, it's a place where you can actually find a community. So Steve Aoki set up a, a Discord server. You can add yourself or be invited clicking a link to get into the server, mm-hmm. add it to your own. So then you can go in and then it has different channels, right? It has different right. channels in there based on topics. So you could be general, it could be introduce yourself. It could be what based on interests and whatnot. And you can, what's interesting about Discord is you can actually, you know, not only 
um, have different channels, but you can assign roles to certain people based on their behavior in that channel. Mm. So if someone's really, you know, talkative and, and, you know, kind of like an ambassador, bringing more people in, okay, well, you're going to have this ambassador role. So you can reward yeah. people like with an admin. different, yeah, different yeah. levels of, of roles, but then you can also actually make channels private and you have to exclusive. actually exclusive exclusive and you can actually require people to validate or verify certain do things in order to verify that they do belong in that exclusive channel that mm-hmm. no one else can have access yep. to. Yes. And so this is where Steve Aoki's, very exciting. This is very interesting. Steve Aoki's community building really began. This is, you could see why discord is so set up to really build communities for artists with NFTs and other digital assets and whatnot. So he created a channel where it says, if you own one of my NFTs, mm-hmm. this is what you have to do. So you have to do this, this, this or that. And you had to like basically I, yeah. put a code in, generate a code with their bot, mm. right? So you had to say, okay, here's my here's my username on, on Nifty Gateway. Okay. All right, here's my username. The bot would scan it, do what its thing, and then produce a code. And then you had to put that code into your bio on your, on mm. your Nifty Gateway profile. Oh, that's so smart. And so then once that was done, then you had to actually manually send it to one of the three admins. Like and then screenshot? they would check. You just or, or send, you send the, link. the link. You send the oh, link okay. of the profile. And if they see the same code there yes. that they see in, in their the Discord, bot, yeah, in the that Discord, they gave, exactly. that they issued you, then verify complete. Verify complete. Now, now you're entered. open access. They just unlocked it for you only. Yes, and to so enter you, that you can community now. conversation. Exactly. It's very, very smart, right? And so then when they started doing that, they started setting it up where you, if for being a part of the exclusive group, demonstrating that you are a part of that big fan supporter of this artist, let's reward some of those people. And how did they reward them? Well, they did a private drawing. And this was the first time I've seen it, and I haven't seen it on any other uh, artists yet, which is, here you go. Here's a link. This is not going to be known to the public. And they only let it be known, in, from what I saw, in two formats. One was through a single tweet from Steve himself. And the other one was through Discord. And he goes, on this day, at this time, if you click this link and you have one of my pieces in your account, you can enter the drawing to receive one of these new pieces for one dollar and there's only going to be a hundred issued and at that time he honestly had thousands of people who would qualify for getting that drawing ticket but what ended up happening was there was very few people who actually paid attention to his twitter and actually joined the discord and so it made it more and more exclusive and so the odds of someone entering the drawing with a drawing ticket were really good that you were going to get something. And like I said, the minimum ceiling for a piece is like $100. So you, it was like free money with a minimum of, of $100. And I yeah. don't think any of them sold for $100. I think they're all sold for much more than that. Yeah. And that was the next level of like, okay, Steve's going to reward his friends. This is mm-hmm. wonderful news. And we kind of got like, oh, good. Steve Aoki's learning how to do it the right way. And then the bomb of all bombs came out and we were like, holy cow, this is a game changer because now you're entering, you're bringing the digital into the physical experiences. And these NFTs are almost acting as if they're a ticket. 
perhaps. Yes. And we had a feeling this was going to evolve into this. Um, but this was definitely one of the first times that someone actually did it. And so, like John said, that link that to be able to go into that drawing, you it, Nifty Gateway, it was on Nifty Gateway's platform, but you could not access it from any other way other than the direct link itself. Mm-hmm. And you also had to have, you know, a couple of other things going on where you had to own one of his pieces and, and whatnot. So really interesting. Then he kind of came out and said after after that, wanted to explain what the future was going to look like mm-hmm. in terms. So he did one drop, amazing. Second drop, not so amazing. Learned a lot. Did something else where he, he was one of the first artists ever to do a secret drop on Nifty Gateway where yeah. you were only able to get it if you had done this, this, it's or that. It's becoming more of a game. He was doing it he right. He was. He I was, was doing it impressed. right. And so then he came out on his, on his Discord in the you know private channel mm-hmm. for people who own NFTs and said, hey, here's what we're going to do. And on his Twitter too. Yeah, so. on his Twitter. But he always announces it first on Discord. Right. Yes. Very always. True. So you true. get the so first, you're, you're the one who gets the information before anyone yes, else does. Which could be very valuable. Could be. In Honestly, this in this for world, sure it was. time is a big thing. Yes. So. He came out with this tier system of like, if you have this NFT, this equals this many points. Yes, based on the rarity of it. Yeah. So he came up with a system where basically certain NFTs, based on how many there are out there, mm-hmm. um, would equal a certain amount of points. And then he said, well, if you have the, the, like if you have three of these, like you have this NFT, this NFT, this NFT, and it adds up to 1,000 points, then mm-hmm. you're at level two tier. Right. And what does level two tier get you? Here you go. Here's yeah. all these things. And so, so this tier list was called the Aokiverse tier list. Steve Aoki, Aokiverse. And the lowest level, it's still not that bad. But if you even just get one, like you said, you get access to those uh, special like Discord chats where you get exclusive information. So that's the first level if you, if you just have that. Plus, you also get pre-sale ticket access to select Steve Aoki tours, which, is, which could be valuable for sure if things are starting to sell out yeah but then you get to the second and the third tier and the fourth tier and all of a sudden now it becomes something where it shifts the whole market where people are like oh i gotta get more of these because maybe they only you can do the math see how many you have see how many points you need and it makes them more valuable and that's where you're getting vip aoki pass or backstage aoki pass and you basically at each tier you get everything from the first level Plus, you also get, for example, in the second level, guest list privileges or free tickets on, st- on select Steve Aoki performances. Or on the third tier level, you get opportunities for in-person meeting greets with Steve Aoki or a chance to receive free autographed signed physical collectibles and preview of the next drops way before. So you keep going down at the bottom. You're at the bottom. Literally, you're uh, you're like in his studio. <laughs> like yeah. if, if, if you got it all, you got to go to his home and you got to hang out with him in his studio. But that's a lot. That, that, that's that, that you're spending a lot of money to get that. But yeah. you also have the NFT, so it, it becomes this incredible transition where now you're looking at like live events. You're looking at be getting closer to uh, the person that you're a fan of. And seeing how just by owning a collectible, like this doesn't happen in baseball cards where you're like, oh, look, I've always been a fan of the Giants. So I got a hat and I got this old Barry Bonds baseball card. Come on in. You get to sit in the front because you've been a big fan ever since the beginning. No, but now 
you can do that in the, with the digital items, verify that you have them all. And then it's like, yep, they're in the VIP. Come on through. Yeah, I think Crazy. it's, it's going to be a really fascinating world to see how if artists like Steve Aoki or others, like you said, like athletes, teams, I mean, this could be extend, extended in so many ways. Yeah, we've companies, seen NBA Top Shot yeah, too. Yeah, but even other companies like mm. Taco Bell like did an NFT. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like there's just so many ways that you can reward people. Mm-hmm. You can reward true fans because there's verifiable ownership yeah. that you have been you have invested your own money into this and maybe it was not very much at the beginning, but that's because you were early adopter. And maybe you ended up saying, you know what, it's super worth it for me to, to just go ahead and buy these three NFTs and whoa, that's like, you know, $500,000, you know? And so that's a lot of money. So you're obviously invested into me. And so I want to reward you for doing that. And I think Mm -hmm. that that symbiotic relationship of like, how else do you build a community? Like if you are really building a community right now in terms of what artists and influencers and whatnot are doing, they're just doing it on social media. Like it's just like, Oh yeah, I mean, here's a giveaway, you know, but like, what are the tiers there? You know, there are tiers of fans everywhere you go. There are levels of people who are just wanting to get in because like, okay, I kind of like the music, but whatever. But then there are Mm. super fans and you can reward super fans in a, in a way that you like in the artist and those super fans, or even just the fans haven't been able to connect and think about like Mm. how you could actually, an artist could actually turn a regular fan into a super fan because they've invested into it and they feel like fully invested that this, my investment has actually increased so much. Thanks to this. Like you've changed Mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. It's more than just the music. Now it's something that like he's creating and someone can actually have a piece of ownership and like, I feel like the the customers usually always been left out in that equation. It's always been yeah. just like here consume, right. but no, what if the customer actually becomes a part of it mm. and like is actually playing the game to be as much of a part of it as possible. Right. Because to me, you know, if you're a fan of the New York giants, how else were you supposed to show yeah. your real authentic fanship unless you owned it, you worked for it, or right. you like showed up for 50 years and someone called you out, you know, yep, like yep. there's now ways for someone to actually really, you know, lean into what they love, maybe get some sort of, you know, actual financial incentive from doing it and a return on their own investment, but then also mm. really make that community connection with the artist or whoever it is that, you know, is trying to create this community. It's a huge community builder it's and it's fun. based on financial incentive. Yeah. And it, and it really is game rooted in that. Too. It's a game. It's rooted in game theory, but it's also rooted in that verifiable ownership. Hmm. So interesting. Exciting we'll, world. S- we'll see what happens. It's been next. a little roller coaster with Stevie. Yeah. Well, we've learned a lot. And I thought that it was, <laughs> we talked about him like he's our real friend. <laughs> he's our bud. Yeah. <laughs> but he is an interesting fella and you know, other people will be following in suit, I'm sure. And so as we find those and we feel invested into those in, you know, whether it's like lessons learned or just observing, we'll Mm -hmm. share that with you as well. Absolutely. On our own little journey. So we look forward to speaking with you tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Bye.